you know, you start off with love and all of those things, and you end up in love, but as you grow older, you understand things in a way that you really didn't understand them, and you've got to go through the whole process to appreciate, uh, appreciate all of those things. He says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. And though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts. In turn, and I would heal them. But blessed be your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you a truth. Many prophets and righteous men have longed to see what you see, but do not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So he's telling his disciples that they are a unique group of individuals in seeing what they see and hearing what they hear. But I'm going to suggest that his disciples did not really truly appreciate what he was telling them. And even in the moment, they're, they're very thankful and they're thinking, well, we're part of a, an elite group of individuals. We're disciples of Jesus. As, as Peter you know, has said, that I believe that you are the Son of God. But they, they, like us, still see through a glass darkly. And there were things yet to happen that would give them a better understanding, a better appreciation in life. Now, I want to go back and pick up, for the sake of our understanding, the importance of understanding, the Solomon, Proverbs, and what it has to say about understanding, and what understanding can do in our life. And... I would hope that we can appreciate in the world in which we live the, the lack of understanding on the one hand that there is much to be understood yet on the one hand and yet on the other hand that as we understand there is a there's a result of that. So I think the problem that we face in our world today in terms of understanding is that, as Dave was talking about the theory of relativity, uh, there are a few people who understand the theory of relativity and times and time and space and all of that. I'm not one of those individuals who understand that, that regard. But in our world today where we understand, for example, how the body works, we understand functioning of the body, what it does. We understand more and more about how the brain works and the, the parts of the brain, how endorphins work and how chemicals work within our bodies and help us to think and be and, and work on our moods, attitudes, all of those things. They work in that. The more we understand the, the, the creation, the more we understand the universe, what it should do is leading us to a greater understanding of God. Unfortunately, in our world today, as we understand more, we move further and further away from God. And that ought not be. And that's why it is so important to understand. And so we start here in the book of Proverbs in chapter 2. Here's what 
Solomon says, a wise man admonition to gain understanding. He says here in verse 1, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, so there is application. This is important that we, we actually apply ourselves to understand something. Just like we, we say tongue-in-cheek, the wife says to the husband, I want you to, under, to understand me. And if we're not careful, we don't validate that. We don't understand who they are and where they're coming from and appreciate all those things. We don't always do that. So here's application. He says, turning your... And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver, as something that is precious, and you're, you're asking to understand. You know, I was talking, again, like, help me understand what's going on here in life. And search for it as a hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Because you see, there is an awesomeness in understanding both creation, the things that we can see, and there is an awesomeness in the invisible things that we cannot see, but we have an appreciation for. We understand, for example, when I say we understand gravity. I understand gravity. If there's something that's heavy, it's in a tree, and it breaks off, it's going to fall. But do I understand the fullness of gravity? No, I don't. But he says that we might understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For God gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Now, so we find here Solomon is saying that from God comes knowledge and understanding and wisdom and appreciation for this. So we see this. Now, when we look, I've given you in your notes two definitions, one from Webster to define understanding, which means to perceive the meaning of, to grasp an idea, to comprehend. Understanding is a mental process of one who comes to comprehend, comes to understand it. It also involves intellectual faculties. That is the power, we call it the power of discernment. In the Hebrew, the word tabun, it means intelligence, discretion, reason, skillfulness, understanding. Now, in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, in the book of Matthew here, uh, Jesus went on to say, and he gives, he says, he asks his disciples, do you understand what I'm saying? And the Greek word here is to put together mentally. It's about the implication is you, you hear something, you put it together and then you act it out in a pious or a righteous way. You, it is a collection of information, and you put it together. And so with parables, what you find is that Jesus is telling them cer- certain things. They're not comprehending it. And then Jesus is coming along with, to his disciples later on, and the areas that they did not comprehend weren't able to put it together. Jesus explains it and puts it together for them. And this is an example, and we're going to try to do that a little bit today, about putting it together as Jesus put it together, that has come to understand. Now, 
in your notes, I put in here Matthew 15:16 because Jesus uses a, a negative contrast to example. In Matthew 15, he says, do you not understand? And the Greek word here means, are you unintelligent? So if we lack understanding, the way that Jesus is defining it, we're unintelligent, and it also means wicked, and it means foolish. And we can, in our lack of understanding, and I'm, not, I'm going to ask, but no answers, please, how many of us, in our lack of understanding, have done something foolish in our life? We do that. So Jesus says to them, hear and understand. Now the value of understanding, as we've mentioned here in, in Proverbs, is to seek it as silver or gold. It is a hidden treasure. And we also need to understand about this about understanding, that understanding is deficient in isolation. So what I mean by that? Well, let's turn to a scripture to help us to realize its deficiency in isolation. He says here in Proverbs 3, verse 1, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep your, my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tables of your heart. Then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. This is instruction, and we find here both God and man, which means everything you, you do. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. We get lost when I talk about understanding in our own head. This happens to people. It, and, of course, we talk about this all the time in addiction, that people in their own head have gotten some squirrely things, which are, you know, all kinds of terminology we might use about it. But as we understand things, if we just, in our own head, we can miss and miss badly because that's the way we understand. We don't put it out before God. We don't put it out before as a multitude of counselors. Uh, by the way, a multitude of safe counselors and the like. So that's important for us to understand. So to trust in God. So when we think about in isolation, even though sometimes you may seek help, and this is the thing where God is involved in our understanding. And you might even get good, supposedly good help. Do not leave God out. So I want to give you an example of that. Here's an example of somebody who had friends, thought he had some pretty good help in all of this, but kind of was leaving God out. And this is in the book of Job, chapter 42. Now, we know that Job sought the counsel of his three friends. We know Job, as he understood things, the way that he presented things. But let's look at Job's conclusion here. And it's important for us because we do see through a glass darkly when it comes to understanding. We have to have appreciation for God. Job chapter 42, verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You ask. Who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? 
Surely I spoke things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. We've all been there. You know, we speak as if we know something. We, we, we think we got God cornered, as it were, and say, well, why God? Why are you doing that? Have I not done this, this, and this? And God saying, look, you don't understand. It's kind of like when Jesus says to the Apostle Paul, listen, listen Paul, you don't understand. My grace is sufficient for you. He reminds him of that. Now, when we don't have understanding and we don't invite God into our understanding, we want to take now a look at the disconnect that happens. And we're looking at it from what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome because he speaks about this disconnect that happens in the lack of understanding. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 17... And, of course, we're dealing with a very upscale society, that is, the Roman society, but, and the Greek world as well. So let's take a look at what the Apostle Paul has to say about the problem that he was encountering, beginning here in verse 17. He, he tells us here, For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, or as Jeanette was saying, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And that is something that, as Christians, we ought to understand. We live by faith. We trust in God. Then he says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. And then notice his conclusions. And for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. So the Apostle Paul is saying that the things which have been made, the creation, lead us to see the things that God has done. So let's take a little example in our world. We believe that the universe is held together. There's gravity and everything is held together. We have this incredible, quote, leap of faith because we believe such thing is that God by the word of his power, holds all things together. He sustains it. But we see it in gravity. We see it in a vast universe. We see it in the incredible love of God in the way in which he has created things and what he has made. We see it in the ability for to imagine. You and I, have the capacity as human beings and our brains are able to go back in time, move into the present, and move into the future, and move in way into the distant future. We're able to dream. We're able to create. We're able to follow through on those things. And we say, wow, that's 
And here it's talking about that we get to know the Godhead. The, unth- the, the problem with mankind and the problem with science is because that science believes that you cannot prove it. It doesn't exist. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things, and our understanding is this. Just because God hasn't done something up to this point doesn't mean that God isn't capable of doing things up to this point. There had not been up to the point of Jesus, a begotten son. There had not been a resurrection to a spiritual body. There had not been any of those things. And so since we don't see it, we don't believe it, and we reason around it, and we reason around God, and we miss the understanding. So what is Paul saying that could be understood? And then what he goes, I'm going to read a little bit more here from Romans because he goes on to say a few more. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave him thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. So what did... What can be understood? This is part of the question that we want to ask ourselves that the Apostle Paul is saying here. The Apostle Paul is saying we're able to understand his eternal power. Now, how would that translate for us today in terms of Scripture? Well, Jesus said to me that the Father has given to him all power in heaven and earth. It also says it explains the Godhead. How that God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how God is working in oneness and the like. Now, what were the results, though, of their dismissal of understanding is that they glorified him not as God. And they were unthankful. Now, then what were the results of that? They became vain in their imaginations They had a human form of reasoning, discerning, and putting things together. We put things together in a human way, and we dismiss God, and we miss understanding. The result then was that their foolish hearts were darkened even more. They lacked the enlightenment that comes. And strangely enough, they start professing themselves to be wise. And they became fools because of this dismissal. Now, we also understand, having read this about what the Apostle Paul, about faith to faith, let us take a look at what, again, encourages us and helps us to understand. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, here's what the author of Hebrews tells us, and we have an appreciation. By faith, verse 3, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made out of what was not made out of that which was visible. That God created out of nothing. God made all things. Now, it's important. We live in a world where the world worships, quote, Mother Nature. But God created all nature created about all things. We worship matter. Well, what really matters is that God made all matter. He made it out of nothing. And it is by faith that we trust that God made the entire universe. That the worlds, as it puts it here, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. 
and it shows God's supremacy over nature. So understanding should lead us closer to our creator. But in our human world, it tends to lead people away. That, that is human understanding. And I don't think never in the history of mankind have we ever understood so many things and understood less about that. We're so far away from being in tune with God. Now, God's work is a work of understanding. And he's working to help us understand. And so I want to give us an example of this from the book of Ephesians. And I know that I'm running you all over the Bible today and the like, but but I hope that it can give us some insight. And in this particular case, and it is in reference to prayer and how prayer helps our understanding and the application of that. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16 through 20, here we find Paul saying, he reminds them, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And this is what he's praying for. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which you have been, that he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe, the power that is working in his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms, and then far above all rule, power, and authority. So his prayer is the, the revelation, knowledge, knowledge of what? Knowledge of Jesus, the resurrected Christ, the power that God exerted to do that, to open up their minds and understanding. So we're talking about Paul's prayer that our minds would be opened up to understanding. Now let's look at an example of, of God actually doing that, prying open like a book and explaining something. This is in Luke chapter 24. We've read this many, many times, and you're very, very familiar with this. But Luke chapter 24, and beginning here in verse 25, this is Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And notice what Jesus says to them. He said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then notice here. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. But notice the focus. He explained everything in the scripture concerning himself. That is what he was explaining. I want you to understand all these prophecies, beginning with Moses, and that would be beginning with the book of Genesis, because Moses wrote Genesis. All the way through, everything that was said, he says, I want you to understand. Now, the way that would be put by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament is this way, that the law was a school teacher to bring us to Christ. So we find him here. This is putting things together now so that we might understand. So Jesus is explaining all these prophecies and saying, they're about me. But he doesn't stop there. 
he goes on to tell them in verse 44 of this same chapter. He says, and he said unto them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Which, wait a minute, he'd already told them this, but they didn't get it. So understand that. We don't always get it. Now, and what we would understand in that scripture would be, and the hope and the joy we have, that Jesus said, I will send you another comforter, and he will lead and guide you into all truth. We are still in the learning process. We understand that. We don't see clearly. We, we're still in gray areas of our life, even though God understands. So he says, while well, I was with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. See, this is his emphasis again in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then notice verse 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. God has the capacity to open our mind. Solomon prayed for understanding, and God gave him understanding, gave him great wisdom. Now let's go back. We started in... Matthew 13. Let's go back to this parable because there are some very interesting things in us in this for us to appreciate, maybe gain some insight and some understanding in this. Matthew chapter 13. Here's again what we see in verse 10 uh, through verse 17. We find people, parables, prophecies, prophets, and problems of understanding. Jesus says of these, he's telling these people because one, be reminded of, of the fact that these people had not accepted him for who he was and did not believe in him. Saying they, they hear and yet they do not hear. They do not perceive. They do not under, understand. So what is the problem? One, their, their heart is calloused. Now, let's put it a different way for us maybe to understand because in, in order for us to understand, then, our heart ought not to be callous, and if it's not callous, then it is sensitive. We, we don't have calluses on our hands, so we, we don't feel. This is why when the Apostle Paul writes such a statement as, Abba, Father, I think we need to understand there is an emotion attached to that. And it is a loving, praise-giving, thanksgiving, worshipful, loving expression. Abba, Father. So they, their heart is callous. Their ears are dull of hearing. They don't want to. They don't want to hear anything new. Uh, they don't want to change. And the like, uh, they want to be where they are. They've, they've heard it, think they've heard it all, and they understand. And their eyes, they have closed. This is a voluntary, a voluntary effort on their part. They've closed their eyes. And didn't that what happened with, uh, with, with Jesus? They, they put their hands over the ears. We don't want to hear any more of these things. So, what they are missing is their under, in their understanding is. Seeing God and Jesus for who they are. They didn't see Jesus for who he was. And we read scriptures that at the, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. They were missing hearing what he had to say. 
and they were missing understanding in their heart. Now, the Old Testament prophecy reminds us of this. There was coming a day that I will put a new heart in them, a new spirit, all of those things, I will a new covenant. And what Jesus is saying, though, to his disciples in this particular prophecy, first of all, going back to it and, and rereading parts of this, whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. It is amazing that by gaining some understanding, how you can begin to understand more and more and more. However, if you stop, it, it, it diminishes, denigrates, and all that. It goes the wrong direction. There's atrophy. That's so what I was trying to think. It just withers up. And their, their understanding stops. So, it's important for us, and this has been, I think, one of the joys that we have enjoyed in the congregation, is that as we grow and, and the eyes are beginning to open more and more, we see more and more things and we understand and appreciate. And that is also true just as we grow older and we understand more things about ourselves and we appreciate what God is doing in our life. But notice what Jesus says of them, of these individuals. Your eyes see and your ears hear. So what is the result here? And I, and I think it's important for us to, um, to appreciate this. For the, again, I'm going to start here in verse 15. For the people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise, notice, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. So what we see here, and what we need to understand, is that we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that understands. And what happens if we have an understanding heart? What is the conclusion that Jesus comes to here in this? In the King James, he puts it a little different way. He says that their, their hearts would understand and they would be converted, and I would heal them. Now, what we have to understand, if we're not careful, is how much our eyes being open, our ears hearing, and our heart being changed has healed us. The grace of God has done some incredible healing. We talk about it in the terms of knowing the joy of salvation. We talk about knowing the grace of God. We talk about the sharing of the grace of God. As the Apostle Paul put there earlier on, if we have not love, we have nothing. And these are the things that we have. God changes us so dramatically. So what does he say of these disciples? Verse 16, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. But in verse 17, what is it that they see and they hear and the prophets and the righteous men didn't? Because he said the righteous men and prophets, they didn't see that. They, Jesus, they saw Jesus. Now, they didn't, like you and I, they didn't fully comprehend and understand, but what they saw and what they heard and what they were coming to love 
was the Lord. Now, for us to have an appreciation of how that was working in their day and age, because it would have been different had their, their whole countrymen been doing that and understanding, here's what they saw, here's what they heard, and here's what they understood. Now, I say that, and I'm saying that post-disciple in this regard, because we're going to read from the book of John, and it's after the fact that oftentimes we understand something. So when we read John chapter 1 and verse 1, it wasn't that, the, that John, I think, understood that in the moment that Jesus was talking with him in the flesh and the like. It is after the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus into heaven. John writes this, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now this begins to explain the Godhead, remember? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternal power. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, now again, we, then Paul goes on in Romans talking about the creation. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. We talk about, and it's amazing how we understand the, the age of enlightenment. All things were really good when mankind, mankind began to be enlightened. A light came into the world, and mankind really didn't accept it. It says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And then he goes on to tell us in verse 14, which again is encouraging, and what we understand is this. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us, and we talk about God dwelling in our hearts. Emmanuel, we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That is what we understand. And then in First John chapter 5, verse 20, it says the Son of God has given us an understanding. Jesus is busy giving us an understanding. Now, so when we kind of put together all of these things and we go back and we ask ourselves the question, and this is a valid question, and Jesus asked this question like any good teacher would ask the question in, in Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 and 52. Jesus asked this question, and it's a question that I'm asking us, not just you, us, me. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Have you understood all these? Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, the teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out all his storeroom, new treasures, as well as old. So let me touch on this for a moment. When we gain understanding, we understand things. When we talk about the old and new, I'm going to suggest this and want you just to think about it. The law brings us to an understanding of God in the head. Black and white. We understand it. You do that wrong, you die. You do it right, you live. If you do it this way, you've got a sacrifice to make, you still live, you dwell in this. This is the law. We operate only in the law. Grace brings us to an understanding of 
of the heart, of the intentionality of God. Grace brings us to who God really is. Grace brings us to the love of God. Grace gives us an understanding that we never, ever had before. Jesus brings us an understanding that we never, ever had before because like Jesus said, well, you've heard in times past, but I am telling you. And it's like, Lord, please help me to understand this. Then there's another point that I want us to understand. Understanding leads us into communion with God, with our Lord Jesus Christ. It leads us into communion like never, ever before. In the Passover, you painted the blood on the doorpost and all of that. You, you stayed inside in communion. We come into the presence of God. God dwells in us. We understand things that we don't fully understand. We don't understand how God is with us. We don't understand how God dwells in our heart. We don't understand. As we sit here and we look in the mirror and we get wrinkles and eyes can't see and all of these things, how is that you have eternal life? And we don't understand or comprehend the fullness of the love of God. We do not understand the promises of God and their fullness and all of those things. We don't fully understand. And so we can probably in many ways can be like his disciples and say, Lord, we believe. Help my unbelief. Because that's the reality of our life. We see through a glass darkly. We want to believe. For example, we don't understand how Jesus could say, if you had faith of a grain of mustard seed, you could say to those fountains, move. But if we understand that if you're God and you can create everything by the word of his power, that is not out of the realm of possibilities. And we don't understand how God can look at a sinner and say to them, I gave my life for you while you are yet sinner and you are my friend. We don't understand that. And yet at times we can feel it. We understand that feeling of what it's like to be loved, to hope, and to have faith in that. We understand, in part, the love, the relationship, and the purpose and the promises that God has for us. Through Jesus, we understand. And we have understanding. But there's much more to be understood. So the proverb says to us, my son, listen, seek understanding as a great treasure, as silver and gold. Jesus says, if you open your eyes, if you'll listen to me, as the Father said, listen to my son, you will see things and understand things you've never understood before in your life. And you, we will live. We understand. We have life incredible what God is offering to us and I'll, I'll ask that same question do you understand and the answer is yes Lord in part and I'm looking forward to greater understanding that I might know God and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen let's conclude in prayer 
Father in heaven, thank you so very much for your love. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you, God, for the understanding that you give us through your word. That is your Bible, the word, Jesus, the word that is truth and that gives us freedom, love, and life. In Jesus' name, Father, we offer our thanks to you and thank you in his name. Amen. Feeling the blues today or tired of life already? Do you have questions about life or need spiritual advice? The Worldwide Church of God is located in Fairfield, Santa Rosa, and Modesto, California. We welcome everyone to attend our worship services with us every week at the times listed on your screen.